Welcome to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast, where I interview some of the best coaches in the business to find their secrets and share them with the world. I'm Scott Ritzheimer, founder and CEO of Scale Architects, and we help founders and leaders find the right coach at the right time so they can achieve the predictable success they deserve. And a huge part of that is helping great coaches do great work that creates enormous demand for their services with way less effort. If you're a high demand coach, I'd absolutely love to share your story and expertise as well. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome. Welcome once again to the Secrets of the High Demand Coach podcast. And I am here with yet an unbelievably high demand coach. That is the one, the only Daniel Marcos. Now, he is the co-founder and CEO of Growth Institute, the leading online executive education company for C-level executives at fast-growing firms. It has uh, with it has over five uh, 55,000, sorry, members from 11,000 companies across 70 countries. And Daniel is a keynote speaker. He's a columnist for Inc. Magazine and a CEO coach with a mission to help 1 million entrepreneurs to scale their impact and reduce drama in the process. And so, Daniel, I'm so excited to have you here. I'm just fascinated by what you guys have built uh, over at Growth Institute and can't wait to dive into that. But I want to hear Rewind just for a second to start us off here. Tell What's your story? How did you end up uh, getting into uh, the the coaching consulting world and why did you ultimately choose to make the leap and and found Growth Institute? Uh, thank you, Scott. Really appreciate that. And thank you very much for the invitation. And by the way, I'm saying hi from uh, Tampa, uh, sunny Tampa. I'm here to do a keynote that I did this morning. Um, and so sorry for the bed and everything on the back. Um, so everything started 25 years ago. Um, I'm 51 today. I was born 25. Uh, when I started the first fintech company in Mexico, uh, Finanzas Web, we're the first one to put financial information uh, online uh, in the internet. And um, we very early uh, partnered with an Argentinian and a Brazilian entrepreneur. Um, we group under the Argentinian brand that was really the acquirer. Um, and the three of us, we went to JP Morgan, raised $53 million, uh, and then off to the races, we built a 1,200-people 12, company, operation nine countries, and then sold it to Santander, uh, almost at the valuation of a unicorn uh, back in 1999 uh, and 2000. So it was um, it was a huge success uh, back then, and that kind of put me uh, in a different seat as an entrepreneur. I, I started at 25. I left at 29. Uh, two years after we sold it, I stayed for two years running a division and then left. Um, and that really helped us what it was fast growth and all the drama and everything that happens with fast growth. Um, and of course, I had to learn from the best. So I started reaching out to the best business thought leaders uh, all over the world. And I met a lot of the people that today are my faculty at the Growth Institute. Um, after that, I thought I knew everything. I drank my own Kool-Aid of success. I believe what it was on the magazines. And I came to the US, um, build a mortgage bank, and I had a subprime mortgage bank to finance homes for undocumented Hispanics uh, in 2007. 
and you have to imagine what happened. It was it was not pretty. Um, so it was it was really really bad. I lost all the money that I had built on the first one, uh, and then end up with over a million dollars in debt. It was it was bad. It was really really bad. So um, I got a lot of calls from people back then, and one of them was Vern Harnish, the author of Scaling Up and founder mm-hmm. of Yo. Uh, that I studied with Vernon in the past. I, I took a program with him called Birding of Giants at MIT. And Vern called me and said, hey, what are you going to do? And I was depressed and I cried on the call. I, I was not a good spot in my life. And he said, so what are you going to do? And I said, I need to go back to Mexico to get a job. And I remember in the 2008, the US was in, in pretty bad shape. So me as a foreigner, get a work visa and everything else was tough. So I said, I'm going to go back to Mexico and get a job just to put food on the table for my kids and my wife. And Vernon said, no, no, become a coach. And I was like, no, you're crazy. I cannot even be an entrepreneur myself. I don't trust myself to be an entrepreneur. Wow. And you yeah. go to other entrepreneurs? And he said, that's precisely why. Because you went through such a hard process that you have to make sure it does happen again. So start coaching other CEOs so it does happen again. Um, and I said, Vern, I'm sorry, I can't. I need really to get a job. And he asked me after that, he said, so how are you going to pay the million dollars that you own? And I was like, I have no idea. Like the, the salary that I was going to get was to put from the table, but I couldn't pay a million dollars of debt and interest. Um, so he said, why don't you coach on the weekends? Um, and with that money, you pay your debt. I said, sounds great. So I started coaching on the weekends. And six months into it, I was making more money on the weekends than during the week on my, on my job. So I resigned to my job, become a CEO coach. And I've been coaching CEOs all over the world for 15 years uh, now. And then four years after this, um, I had paid my million dollars plus interest. Um, uh, I was living a very comfortable life. I was doing great, but I was traveling like 250 nights away from home, uh, giving coaching and consulting. Um, And then my wife got pregnant uh, again, or we wanted to have another baby, our second child. And... My wife said, okay, great. So when are you going to stop traveling? And I was like, what do you mean? That's what I do. And she was like, you want to be a dad or you want to be a consultant? You cannot do both. <laughs> um, so I said, okay, great. So I went to Vern and said, Vern, I'm done. I'm, I'm resigning. And he was like, how are you resigning? Like you're making more money than the coach in New York. I was in Latin America coaching in Mexico and Guatemala and El Salvador and all that and making more money than the average coach all over the world. And um, he said, what, what are you going to do? And I was like, I need do something different because I need, I want to be a father and have a family. And I, um, I love what I do. So I'm going to bring it online. So he said, okay, do it in Spanish and let's see what happens. And then we'll decide if we do it in English. And I started bringing scaling up in Spanish, uh, and it was a huge success and Vern got super excited. So, okay, let's do it in English and, and let's partner. Um, so Vern and I co-founded growth Institute, uh, around 12 years ago, and we've been helping a lot of companies implement not just scaling up uh, many other methodologies. After Vern, we sign up Top Grading and Great Game of Business and Salim Ismail with EXO, uh, Marshall Goldsmith, Conscious Capitalism, Rashi Soda. We have over 120 faculty, including wow. being Tom Peters and the rest. It's it's been, a, it's been a great way to ride and a lot of fun. Wow. So how, I mean, you've got some, you've got a, a star-studded cast in the business, especially in the coaching world. How do you, how do you get that many people who are arguably competitors? How do you get all of them working together to to help serve the uh, the C-suite executives in your program? So we believe that cooperation is 
better than competition. So we say, we help you come to our community and promote your brand, your content, uh, and what you teach. And we really believe it goes well. We, we believe scaling up, it's a very important part, but it's not everything. As an example, in scaling up, we have a decision of people. And, and one of the biggest problems with seeing people is top grading, how to hire. So we called Brad Smart of top grading and said, hey, let's build a class on how to hire because we could not fix a team if you don't have good leaders. Right. So you have to stop from hiring them. Um, then we called Marshall Goldsmith and said, hey, now we have all these leaders. They need to be better leaders. We want to class with you. Um, we have a class with uh, Salim Ishmael as an example from exponential organizations. And we went to Salim and said, great, now that you implement scaling up, now you need all this innovation and technology and everything on the top. Why don't we promote TXO as the next level? And that's the way we put it together. Um, we believe uh, you need a village of gurus to grow your company. And our job is to build that village. Uh, so that's why we, we invite all kinds of thought leaders to our platform to all collaborate and code together. And we really give a platform for the CEOs to choose what's the best methodology and how to put it together. Yeah, I love that. So I, I've got this question for you. And I, I think uh, of all the guests I've had on you, the, the best one to kind of lay it out for us. But one of the transitions that a lot of my clients who are scaling up or going through are, are moving from what I would call a leadership team to an executive team. Uh, yes. th there's just the, there's a different type of person. And and the the burning question, I just got off a call with someone who's asking the same thing is, are, are my people going to make it, right? Are, are, are they going to be able to take a step up? What's the difference? So just lay this out for us. What's the difference between like a high caliber executive and, and kind of the leaders that we tend to have around, especially early in that scaling and growing phase? So, so I, I'm going to take a, a little bit of time to answer because not a, not a simple conversation. No. When you start a business, you hire generalists and then you have to go to specialists. And then you hire a generalist that it's able to do everything. You, they kind of start growing because you trust them. They're, they, you send them things and they start catching them. But then you need a specialist that is really, really good doing something. And that person does have a capability. So that's one. Um, uh, two, um, you usually hire people that start with you very early uh, as an executive and then becomes a manager and then a CEO or a leader or a, a VP. And then we don't have the tools to be on the C-suite. Um, they, they're very good at doing something. They have all the great attitude, but they have no idea how to run a PNL, how to hire, how to fire, how to negotiate, a lot of tools that you need to be on the C-suite. Um, so whenever you transition, and by the way, I call stage two, uh, to stage three and exactly that what you are mentioning uh, because we have like five stages of companies and what you're mentioning is exactly going from stage two to a stage three. Yeah. Um, so I really believe that once you go through that process, you have going to have to put your team in three different buckets. One bucket is the one that you tell them what they need to do, how they need to grow, and they have the ability to be able to learn that and then become that person. The second one is ones that have the attitude, but don't know how to do it. And you have to handhold them on the process uh, and help them develop to get to that. And a third that they just don't have the capabilities to do it or the capacity to do it. And you have to let them go or put them in a different position and stay in the company. Um, I explained that whenever you have a, let's say a two-year-old kid, you give them Gerber uh, as a food. And then when they're 16, you still give them Gerber and said like, no, they don't like Gerber. Like, yeah, but the Gerber still an amazing food. It's just not the right fit 
for a 15 year old kid, right? right? So how many Gerbers do you have in your company? How many people do you have that they were amazing on, let's say stage two, and now you're on stage three and they just don't fit. Um, so it's, it's really three things. But let me uh, do a, a little bit more of a deep dive on this. For me, the biggest issue of scaling is not having enough capable leaders to be able to execute. Um, and here's when I go to a company and they say, I want to be a $100 million company. And I was like, yeah, but I, I understand the dream, but today you run like a $5 million company or like a $10 million company. And indeed, you're running like a $10 million team and your company's already doing 12 or 13 million. And that's why you have all this drama because your mindset, your tools, everything's at 10 million and you're already doing 13. And that's why you have all this uh, drama and problem. Imagine you're driving a car 120 miles at the second speed or third speed. You have to change the gear and go to the next level. Um, so the biggest issue is not building enough capable leaders uh, to become that. Um, um, and here's the last thing that I say, it's not about you, it's about your team. Whenever you go to stage three, I have a lot of CEOs that said, I built a great company. You did not, you built a great team and that team built a great company on the back. Um, so that's kind of where I see it. It's not a, a one uh, rule fits all, yeah. but you have one-on-one -on -one with your team and kind of put them on those three buckets and yeah. then exit with them uh, differently. Yeah, and I love that bucket. So if we kind of go back through this, what are some indications that you've got some bucket one folks? Like how do you know that, that when you give them the opportunity to step up that they will? So you, the way I do it is I build an org chart so first I said, okay, where's the company going to be in the next three years? So I understand the KPIs and targets and kind of make a dream of the company in the next three years. And then I write a functional org chart of the company in three years from now for that. See, if I, imagine I say, I'm going to do, today you're doing 10 million and I'm going to do 20 million in three years. Then I write an org chart for a company doing 20. And then I, I write job scorecards of each of the positions. So I go to the leader and said, hey, in the future, when we're 20, we need that position to be filled with a leader with those capabilities. Do you want to be in that position? Oh, yes, I want to be in that position. They immediately, now that they see the dream, they could sign up. And I say, great, that leader needs to have these capabilities. And you just have these capabilities. Do you want to be that? Yes. And now you could show them a gap uh, of skills and then said, hey, that's where you want to be. Yeah. You want to get them. And they immediately, the, the first group said, yes, I want to be there. And they usually ask you for budget or time or something for them to develop uh, an ideas. So, so that's the way I do it. I try to paint the picture. Even just give your team learning and development like that and say, hey, I bought a new course. Here it is. Go and take it. They will never take it. They need to have the, the, the buy-in mindset yeah. that they want to be there. And they need to understand the why. Yeah. I think what folks who have not been through this process would probably be surprised by is how many people say, no, that's actually not what I want. And, and, and when you're clear about it, right? When you're clear on, hey, this is the change that would have to make. There are a lot of folks on your team who they're, they're pretty happy with, you know, where they are. It may mean there's some adjustment that's going to come, but they know that they're going to be happier, you know, down a level or two where they can do what they love to do. And it always catches me a little off guard as I'm going through is how quickly folks can recognize that about themselves. Not everyone, right? But a lot of folks can. 
And uh, so why is it why is it that uh, particularly that founder CEO type feels the need to figure all that out on their own, right? And that they they don't necessarily do the exercise like you you just talked about. So um, the entrepreneur is used to doing everything and they believe they still have to do everything. Um, and, and I said, you have to let go. Um, if, if you're a father, Scott, you have kids. Mm-hmm. Three, yeah. So when you're, my kids is my most precious thing. And when they started to walk, I knew they were going to fall and hit their head sometimes. And it's part of the game. So with your team, you have to do the same thing. You have to kind of say, hey, you want to learn how to grow? You kind of guide them, coach them a little bit, but said, go and walk and stumble, right? And 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 fall. So you have to be able to do that. And in business, it's it's expensive and it's hard. Um, I tell uh, leaders, sometimes you have to decide what's more important, losing a client or losing an employee. Mm-hmm. If an employee is doing a mistake with a client, you have to stop and say, okay, I could get in and save the client but most likely I'm going to lose the employee or I'm going to let the employee kill the client and then I will gain an employee uh, that is really going to be able to execute correctly or I'm going to gain a leader. And you're going to have to let them make mistakes sometimes. It's hard and expensive, but you're going to have to let them. Wow. Yeah, that is such good advice. So you're on um, you're on a mission to help a million uh, CEOs to our entrepreneurs, I'm sorry, to scale their impact. Now, what is it that if you were to kind of sum it up, and I think you even uh, mentioned this beforehand, but if you were to sum it, what's the big challenge that they face in trying to do that? Why is it so hard to scale? So, so what I'm trying to do is give a million entrepreneurs freedom. I've been a slave of my company for many years. Uh, and I, we always said, we teach what we need the most. I did it so bad on my first years that I'm trying to compensate for my next years. But, um, Reality is, um, I really believe a CEO needs to do three things. First, set the strategy, right? If we're going to go there or there, we're going to go blue ocean, whatever. Then make sure you have cash to run operations. You build a strategy and that strategy needs certain cash. You have to make sure you always have cash to run operations. And then the third is build enough capable leaders for them to run your strategy or execute your strategy. And that's where I spend most of the time. Um, but let me give you an example. The other day I was seeing an entrepreneur that I was coaching and he asked an, an employee to send an email and said, but before you send the email, send it to me so I could see it and improve it. And he rewrote the email completely. And I was like, really mad. Like this guy was doing $40 million a year and he was rewriting emails that his employees were going to send. And I was like, why are you doing that? Well, they're terrible writing emails. And I was like, yeah, I get it. But you cannot write the email to everyone, so you have to let it go. And he's like, no, 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 this is really important, blah, blah. So I said, okay, let, let me do an example. How bad from zero to 100 he was going to write the email? He said 70%. And I said, and you? 100%. It's going to be perfect. And I was like, great. How many guys do you have in that department? He said, I have five. And I was great. Five guys so doing 70%, that's 350. You're just one doing 100, that's 100. So what's better, 350 or 100? He said, 350. Well, let them do it. No, 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 but like he couldn't pass. <laughs> so so you have to uh, build enough capable leaders yeah. and give them the time to do it. And of course, some are going to, to do it, some are going to fail, and you have to be okay with that some fail, and that's fine. It's just yeah. part of the game. Yeah. 
So good. All right. So here's a question I like to ask all of my guests. Uh, fascinated to see what your response is here. But uh, what would you say is the biggest secret you wish was not a secret at all? What's that one thing that you wish every entrepreneur listening today knew? I think I already said it, but thinking that you're going to build a great company. You cannot build a great company on your own. You build a great team and your team is going to build a great company. So, so my suggestion is instead of focusing on building a great company, build a great team. If you have an amazing head of sales, an amazing head of marketing, an amazing head of technology, they will figure out how to build an amazing company yeah. and your company is going to be great. I don't know you remember the story in Think and Grow Rich of Henry Ford, that his attack, that he's a, a, a non-educated man and this reporter is attacking him that he doesn't know all this information. And the guy said, yes, I agree, but let me tell you what I think is intelligence. I have a box in my office full of buttons. If I push button number one, the best engineer runs to my office and said, sir, how can I help? And he answers any engineering question that I have. I push button number two and I get the best lawyer in the world and answer any legal question that I want. Intelligence is to have this box and have the best people in the world running to your office and solving your problems. That's for me, intelligence. How can you be the best leader that you get the best team leaders wanting and helping you build your dream? If you do that, golden. So good. That is so good. So uh, one more question for you, and then I want to make sure folks know how to get uh, get in touch with you, find out more about Growth Institute, and also hear a little bit about your podcast. So. Uh, before we get there, though, tell us, uh, you know, we're all growing, right? You're still in your own uh, mode as well. So tell, you know, take off the coach consultant advisor hat, put on the the CEO hat yourself, kind of jump down in the ring with the rest of us again. And what's the next stage of growth look like for you as a leader in your organization? So up to now, we've been selling courses um, and we get a lot of companies that said, hey, we need more. We need a 100% solution. Um because we sell the dependent course and they take some of the courses, but we're not providing a 100% solution. And last year we said, okay, what is, how does it, it look? How does 100% solution look? And, and our focus is precisely on building enough capable leaders. That's what we do really um, as a team board in a class. So, but it's very, very different just to sell a class or, or sell a program and not give you a full solution to take your team to the next level. So that's what we're doing next year. We've been doing some testing this year in what we call MBD All Access. And it's a company university to help make all the management team be experts on scaling. Um, it to understand the typical things on how to hire, how to fire, how to negotiate KPIs with team members, how to negotiate supplier contracts. All of your contracts are negotiated by your team leaders. They just come to your desk signing. Right. I need them to understand how to negotiate. Yeah. Um, how to hire people, how to fire, um, how to set direction, how to set priorities, how to understand budgeting and financials. Um, so all the tools that they need to be on the C-suite. Um, yeah. And the MBD All Access has a program called C-suite Ready. And our job is to help you have enough capable leaders to be able to be on your C-suite. Um, so if not, they won't be able to do it. But it's it's not easy going from selling courses to building a solution. And that's what we've been uh, gearing up this year. And next year, we're going to start scaling that. That's exciting. That's exciting. Now, you're also the host of the Learning Up podcast. Is that right? Where can folks uh, uh, check out that, your podcast? So in YouTube, uh, in my channel or any of the podcast platforms, 
And learning up is everything you have to learn. We always talk about what you have to learn. A little bit of what I said earlier, who do you have to become? As entrepreneurs, we put all these big objectives, but we never understand who we have to become to do that. What do we have to learn to be able to command a $100 million company? And at Learning Podcast, we talk about that. What do you have to learn to really be able to go to a next level? That's why it's called Learning Up, because you have to learn to go up to the next level. That's yeah. that's what we do. That's fantastic. And so uh, Learning Up can be found on all the major platforms. Uh, go check it out. Also, growthinstitute.com, is that right? Uh, is the, the the courses and learning platform. Had a chance to browse around it myself, and it's phenomenal. It's just, I, I have not seen a site that has that much depth of resource on it all in one place. It's really remarkable. So head on over to growthinstitute.com. We will add that link to the show notes as well. So you can get uh, you can get there easily. Don't do it while you're driving. And uh, so Daniel, thank you so much for being here. It was just an honor and privilege having you on. So much gold in this conversation. Uh, I know for me, uh, I'm going to go back and listen to it again because there's, there's just so much there. You can't get it the first time. So if you're listening, rewind, do it again. You're going to catch so many things you missed the first time through. We really appreciate it. And for those of you who are listening, you know your time and attention mean the absolute world to us. I hope you got as much out of this conversation as I know I did. And I cannot wait to see you next time. Take care. Scott Ritzheimer here. Thank you so much for listening to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast. If you are a successful coach, consultant, or advisor who's built a strong book of business and would like to be on the program, please visit go.scalearchitects.com. And if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media and just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials? If you know someone who'd be a great guest, you can tag them on social media to let them know about the show. And make sure you include the hashtag high demand coaching. I love seeing your posts. I love seeing your guest suggestions. Thank you so much. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any of those episodes, go ahead and subscribe now. Your thumbs up, your ratings, your reviews, they go a long way to help us promote the show and they mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, you can go to our website, www.scalearchitects.com, or you can follow me or the company on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you.